Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. So we come to the time in our scripture in which we hear the word of God read. And so today our scripture comes from the book of Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 through 11. This is Philippians chapter 2, verse 4 through 11. Let's give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. So Holy Spirit, teach us your word, show us your way, guide us. Lord, and give us the courage we need to step out into the unknown as we follow you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Surely there's got to be bears, right, around here? Oh, my. If I only had the nerve. Maybe you've been there like the cowardly lion, just a little unsure of of what to do, or unsure of uh, maybe you feel more like a dandelion. I think we probably all have had those moments in which there was something we felt like we should go and do or some place we should move forward in, but we were just afraid. We didn't have the nerve to move forward. I don't have that, sometimes I get paralyzed. I think I know what I need to do, but I just don't do it. And I don't think it's just me. I think uh, so often this is the way that it is, is we're more like a dandelion than we are a lion. And at times like this, I like to, re- uh, I like to think about some of the great theologians who have taught me many things in the past. And um, this person really, I think, said it just right. Uh, Marty McFly said, 
what if I send in my demo and they don't like it? What if they say I'm no good? What if they say, get out of here, kids, you've got no future? I mean, I just don't think I can handle that kind of rejection. Has that been your experience, too, that, that you've, you've wanted to do something, you've felt something, but you're afraid to be rejected? I think we've all been there. We have all been in that place of fear. But as another theologian I rely on sometimes quoted another theologian, Michael Scott once quoted Wayne, Wayne Gretzky that said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And this is what sometimes happens is that we're afraid to, to take our shot. We're afraid to, to go forward. We are not able to do what we know we can and should do. And that sometimes just going is a very difficult thing for us. And we lack courage in this world. We lack courage to follow Jesus. We lack courage to be the kind of people and to do the things that, that God calls us to, to step out into risk. So this past year has been the, the year of courage for us, and um, last year, about this time, I was preaching on courage, and this was what we talked about as a definition of courage, is that courage is bravely following Jesus into risk by trusting God, listening to God's insight with consistent hope. Is that, is that courage is not just going out and doing a thing that's risky, but it's about following Jesus and trusting that where God leads, that God is going to be with. He gives us wisdom and insight as to how to do it best, and there's always hope on the other side. But I think it is important for us to understand that courage is about following Jesus and to risk. It's not just doing risky things. When I was in high school, I was, um, it was sometime in the middle of the day, I was hanging out with some of my friends in the, their front yard, and all of a sudden, my good friend Dave decided that he was just going to go lay out in the middle of the street. He didn't say why, he didn't, um, he, he just did it. And so we're looking at him very curiously, and just to Dave's good fortune, the next car that pulled around the corner had blue lights on top of it. They flashed their blue lights, he shot up like a rocket, and they got on their little bullhorn, the police did, and said, there is funny and there is stupid, and that is stupid. <laughs> when I'm talking about courage, I'm not talking about going and doing stupid things. I'm talking about following Jesus into the world, knowing that we're putting ourselves in harm's way, knowing that we might be rejected, knowing that things might be difficult, but this is the way. The way of Jesus is to put ourselves in risk, to put ourselves out there so that we can help other people find life, wholeness, love. Love is always risky. There's this poem that I thought about as I was preparing um, the message this week. It was made most famous because it was in um, one of Mother Teresa's um, places that she took care of, those who were in great, great need. And it's called Anyway. And it says this, people are often unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyways. If you are honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years creating, someone could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. 
Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough. Give the world the best you've got anyway. You see, in the final analysis, it is between you and God. It has never been between you and them anyway. And so we, as people who follow Jesus, we do so putting ourselves at risk and knowing that we are not always going to end up without any bruises or scars. When we put ourselves into the mess, we end up getting messy from time to time. And when we, as a church, when we move forward into this world, there are times in which we have to get our hands dirty. And there are times in which we're going to love people and they're going to walk away. But we need to do so anyway. Because that is the example that Jesus has set for us. In our scripture that we had today from Philippians chapter 2, there's so much good in there, but I want to talk about verses 4 and 5. It says, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. There's a few things in there that just really stand out to me. The first is it says, um, don't look only to your own interest. Again, to be courageous means that we are thinking about and we are orienting towards other people. Our steps of courage involve what's good for other people, not just what's good for me, but what is good for other people. How do I know that God is calling me? Often it's because it's about somebody else, not about me. And then it invites us to have this mind among ourselves. Now this word that this translation translates mind is actually has a variety of translation. Some versions call it attitude. Let the same attitude be that Jesus has, you have. Let the same orientation of being, let the same way that Jesus engaged with the world be the way that you engage with the world. This is how we should be. And it's possible. See, see what it said there at the end? Which is yours in Christ Jesus. It is possible to have the mind, to have the attitude of Jesus as we love one another. And then it goes on and it just says some extraordinary things. This is um, just this old classic poem that Paul actually was probably just reiterating for his people. And it talks about this. Do you hear the way that it talks about the way that Jesus moved? The mind of Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. I had a, um, the, the dean of the chapel while I was in seminary, a guy by the name of J.D. Walt, talked about the Christian life is the life of the V. And he used this text to talk about it. And he, he said, just notice the movement of Jesus and how he descends all the way down to utter and complete humility and destruction, who though he was in the form of God. Though he was God himself, he did not consider equality with God, being God on this world, as something to be exploited or grasped. He didn't use all of his God powers. I mean, and so what we understand is that he emptied himself of all the godly powers except pure love. Is, is again, all the cool things that I would do if I were God on earth. I mean, I'd fly. I'd be invisible, all those things. I mean, Jesus could have had the ability to do that kind of stuff. But he emptied himself of that power. He humbled himself of all but love. And he said he became a human. The God of the universe became human. And not just did he become a human, but he became a servant. And he served us 
all the way till death, and not just any death, but the most humiliating and lowly form of death, crucifixion. Therefore, God also highly exalted him, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Complete humiliation, complete exaltation. And we say that we follow Jesus here. And if we say we follow Jesus here, that means that we are willing to humble ourselves. That means we are willing to go to places that we would not otherwise go. That we are willing to serve and to empty ourselves of our agenda so that we can serve Jesus' agenda. To follow Jesus, sometimes we think that means the most comfortable life, but if we look at the one that we are called to serve, it's not about comfortability, but it's about sacrifice. I mean, you and I get comfortable in our recliners and on our couches, and we have a hard time getting up sometimes. But how hard would it be for Jesus to leave the comforts of heaven for the misery of earth? Imagine how frustrated he might have been. You know, I mean, it was so much better back in the old days when I was in heaven with you, God. I didn't have to deal with these people. But Jesus entered into the mess of sickness. He entered into the mess of confusion, into the mess of relationships, and he invites us to do the same. And so as we talk about the year of faithfulness and following Jesus here, part of what we are called to do is to go. I heard a missionary one time say that God's call is to go unless he clearly tells you to stay. The default call of God is to go, get moving, go out into the world. Sometimes God will call us to stay, but most of the time God calls us to go. Now this isn't just go out and do, um, go leave your home and go move to another country and serve the mission field. No, it's not about that. Maybe God does call you for that, but that's not what this call of to go is. It's, should I go say hi to my neighbors? Yes. I notice that somebody is, is hurting. Should I call and reach out to them? Yes. Should I go? Yes. Should I stay or should I go? If you stay, there will be trouble. If you go, there'll be a double blessing. Doesn't rhyme, but that's okay. We go. That's who we are. That is what we do. In fact, the Great Commission says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Jesus' last words to us were go, go, go. And what I, what I see as a church is that God is calling us, especially in 2022 and in this time that we're in, to go. Because I think God is stirring up something in our church about, about being and reaching people in an extraordinary way. Now, back in September, we had an all-church survey. Over 100 of you responded, and we got a variety of responses. But this one was the most interesting and the most hopeful for me. And so here it says, I want the church to grow significantly over the next five years. And that blue line is strongly agree. That red line is agree, and then it goes down from there. Of all the questions, of all the answers you gave, this was the most overwhelming answer you gave of all things that you all want our church to grow significantly over the next five years. You are seeing that God has called us to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ in very tangible ways. Now, what I've thought about and what I've learned and what I've reflected on this church is that as I look at our statistics over the past 20-something years, is our church has been relatively the same church. Now, we've done some incredible things in those years. 
Kids have, have gotten to know Jesus. They've gone to camp and they've surrendered their life to him. Amazing things. We have, we have reached people. You have loved one another in this class. New people have come into our fellowship. Great things have happened, but our church has stayed relatively the same church. That from about 2000 to about now, we've averaged between about 270 and about 360 every year. We've gone up some, we've gone down some. And that's been different pastors, different leaders. All sorts of things have changed. But we have remained relatively flat while the community of Mustang is busting at the seams. As our church, as our community grows, our church is staying flat. And so one of the things that we're asking is who is God calling us to be in the future? And, and how do we become the church that you all and that I want us to be? I believe God has huge plans for us. So how do we do that? I wish I had all the answers today. I don't. It's going to take all of us to ask ourselves those questions to become the church God is calling us to be that we want to be. But here's one thing I know. Is I do believe that our ability to grow as a church will be directly correlated to our willingness to go as a church. Our ability to grow, to, be, to reach people, will be directly tied to our willingness to go out into the community and to love people exactly where they are, exactly in their routines, exactly in their habits, exactly as they are, and say, I want to be with you, and I want to walk and take this journey with you. Our ability to grow will be tied to our willingness to go. This is who God wants us to be. About a month ago, I, I invited... Um, I had lunch with Jim McNabb. Now, Jim is uh, the recently retired pastor at the Bridge, what used to be First Assembly of God. Um, he had been the pastor there for 42 years. That church has grown and changed and um, done amazing things in our community. And I thought, if anybody knows how to pastor in Mustang, it's Jim McNabb. And so I, I sat down with, with Jim, and we had lunch, and um, I just listened to him. And it was amazing to hear about what some of the things he said. He, he, he told me about their, their name change and how they went from First Assembly to the bridge because he wanted it to be descriptive both for, both for the church as to what their mission was to help people get to the other side, but also what people were looking for. They were looking for a place that would connect faith and life, a place that would help them to move places. And he said, that's what people are looking for in a church, a church that is going somewhere. And he said, if, Aaron, if you want your church to go, it starts with your missions here in the community, people want to serve and love their community. They want to follow Jesus to love their neighbors. And they're not just thinking about neighbors across the world, though that matters. They're thinking about neighbors across the street who need the love of Jesus. And so for us, as we follow Jesus here, this comes on the heels of what we talked about last week, which is the Bible matters here. And James 1.22 says these words, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Don't just listen to it, but don't just memorize it as important as those are. You have to live it out. You have to do it, and the call of God is to go. And if we're not going to love our neighbors, we are fooling ourselves in our own faith. So in this year of faithfulness, we are going to be faithful to follow Jesus and love of our community and into the world.
Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.